<laughs> we're here, we're queer, and we're already changing the world. Welcome to the Queer Changemakers podcast, where each episode I interview a LGBTQ plus individual who is out there taking action to make a difference in our communities and beyond. So today our guest is Dr. James Pretz. Um, would you be willing to give a short introduction about who you are? Great, thank you so much. I really appreciate what you're doing for the community in terms of just uh, bringing more greater awareness of people involved and projects out there. I'm Dr. James Pretz, as you mentioned. I was a chiropractor. I've retired, and I did that for over 40 years. Now I'm focused on my coaching business, which is transformational coaching, with a particular emphasis on the gay community in terms of addiction recovery, supporting people with tools when they get stuck um, and obstacles that come up that prevent them from having more success in their lives. So with that, one of, one of my tools is to do Facebook Lives or to do YouTube broadcasts. And that's all in the works to put out there. So with that said, it's back to you, sir. All right, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you are here. And yeah, this is the first time I'm doing one of these podcasts live streamed into this <laughs> Facebook group. So I'm glad I'm actually, I'm helping you with those future goals too. Yeah. Um, anyway, so as a queer person, we're recording this in September, 2023. A lot has happened in our community this year and over the past decades. Um, so the first question I'd like to start with is, what's a vision you have for the future of our queer community for the next step? Wow, uh, that's a really good focus to have. Uh, my past experience was serving on the Long Beach Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, which originally started as Long Beach Community Business Network way back in the 90s, last century. We, I love using that term, last century. Uh, so, and I served in various capacities in that. And one of those is holding a vision of bringing more awareness to our community. One of it is in terms of promoting businesses, you know, and helping just to get people more aware of the businesses here and how important it is to tap into the gay and lesbian community, the LGBTQ plus community in terms of providing services, um, products to them as well as buying the products and services of our community. So the vision I have is one, helping people promote that. Okay, okay. Um, Party wants to push a little deeper, so I will. Sure. Uh, so, so when you say that like, so let's say you have a magic wand, right? So you can look at how things are now. What would be an awesome vision for five, five years from now? Five years from now for, for myself, it would be to have my coaching business very well established to being networked with other gay coaches, gay and lesbian coaches, as well as tapping into the other business communities around the country, if not globally. And then how I would measure that, how it could be measured is 
part of it is like on social media, the numbers that are in my Twitter account or on Facebook account, things like that, Instagram, and who knows what's coming, you know, in the future in social media. And also to just have clients that I've, I've, I feel I've really helped them. Well, and not just business-wise, it, it's also reaching in support of seniors because seniors get more and more isolated, especially in the gay community that, that happens. So it's really important to create a connection between younger gay community with the older. And I know that those are projects going around the country. That's one thing I would love to see more of and uh, just creating more cohesiveness and networking. Okay, okay. I love that, I love that. I do think um, there's, no way, there's not always a good space. Most spaces aren't intergenerational. <laughs> you know, there's spaces for people above a certain age, within a certain age and be younger, um, but you don't always have the, the crossing of that because I think there's a lot of history in our community yes um, you know, due to sort of the AIDS pandemic and crisis a lot of history has been lost a lot of the people who started these things um aren't here anymore and didn't have the opportunity to put their stuff on social media so we could find it right um, it, yeah if I could just a, a short story of in my history when I first came to realization that I was different um, was I there was I felt different in high school uh, but it was really getting into college because that's that was right around 7071 which is when a lot of the movement started and and it was still during a time when being homosexual was a mental illness, or it actually had a classification in DMS, DMSO, I think is the, is the diagnostic code book. I might be wrong in those initials, but it's like, so when I came out to my parents, it was, it was very challenging for them because all they knew was that it was wrong. My father was police chief in St. Paul and also in a suburb of Minneapolis. And his whole background was I remember looking in some of his textbooks and it's like homosexuality was a perversion. So it's like, it had to be very challenging for them as loving as they were. And all the opportunities they gave me is like, that still was like, oh my God, what do you do with that? So that's wow. just a, a little thing I wanted to share of where I come from. Cool. Well, um, with that, we can transition into there as well. So uh, sure. you mentioned that you're a chiropractor for 40 years. You mentioned that now you are a coach and helping people deal with sort of addiction and more. Right. Uh, well, overcome addiction and more. Right. Um, what sort of, how did you get into this? Uh, yeah, I'd like to hear a little more about your story and I guess having a father who's a police chief. Yes. Well, the thing is, I'm grateful that I had that experience with my father because I have a diff, I don't have, I think what many people, the bias they have towards the police because I have a different experience. I do know 
as in all professions, there are some really bad folks. You know, that's in any, even in the gay community, there's some really, you know, just bad personalities. So, so that was helpful for me to at least have some tolerance with that. Um, but my struggle or, and my struggle as I was, when I was coming out was I immediately got involved with a religion, which it didn't condemn homosexuality. It just, there was no way to express it. You couldn't, you know, have a partner and be open about it. And I battled with that, you know, it was like, oh, you know, what, how do I handle that? And then it got into drinking and abusing drugs. I, it's, most of it was was pot, but it was like still, if it was something to alter my consciousness, I was willing to experiment with it. And so that got me into 12 step groups and into the whole recovery realm. And for that, I'm very grateful. And one of the things that I was very grateful with 12 step program is that it was a God or higher power of my understanding. You know, it's like, I got to relate how I want it. And that's, that's how I believe it is for everyone. I can't tell you. I mean, how, I don't know what God is. You know, I mean, it's like, that's, that's the power that created me. It's like, how can I know? And yet we try. You know, there are times when we get just sucked into that human mentality of, well, I've got to put it in a box and this is what God is. And so I, it was very helpful to realize that I should always question that. I should always question my beliefs and to find, because the art is in the question. It's not in the answer. The answer is just an answer. It's not the answer. However, questions lead us to explore so many things. It just, questions look at the possibilities. Answers suddenly start looking at probabilities and eliminating this and eliminating that. And it's like, I, I have a difficult time with that too to just go this is the truth you know it's like oh my gosh i i i also grew up in a in a religious environment a conservative christian environment and the idea that we have the truth which means we have the answers so even when it comes to questions uh certain questions aren't allowed mm, take that back Certain questions may just be wrong questions. If it didn't fit within our answers, it's a bad question and you probably shouldn't go down that way. I, I do appreciate that, the fact that you like to be able to question our beliefs and be able to, you know, go a little bit further. Because even when it comes to God, right, you have something that infinitely big, we have to, you can't put it in a box. And we try. And sometimes maybe just asking that question gives a little more curiosity. Uh, yes, more room for growth and expansion. It because um, it, it does astound me that I would think I would know what God is when we are just not even a 
point or a speck in this universe. I mean, it's like this universe is so friggin' huge. I mean, it's like we cannot even comprehend. And that's just this dimension. There's multiple dimensions. And it's like, how can anyone claim to have the truth? It's like you may have a truth. And oftentimes, and for me, I need to check myself to make sure where the perception is coming from. Is it out of fear? Is it out of, well, a lot of it is fear, you know, that I have to question like, why would I, what am I afraid of to just be open? And it also helps, you know, when we talk with people who have different opinions, because I have, you know, it's like, I. I'm not that successful or masterly with it, but it's like, I try to remember, like, what if I was in their shoes? You know, I mean, it's like, and had all their experiences, would I be any different in my opinions? And what do I need? And if I, and if I was in their shoes, what would I need to really change? You know, to just, or, you know, what, so for me, it's like not telling someone they're wrong. It's like just asking questions. And, uh, and that can be very challenging for people. You know, okay. it's like. I can definitely see that. Like in the directions where I come from, or more recently in terms of like marketing and trying to connect to your audience, you know, it's not about you or your program or what you're doing, but it's like yeah. connecting where someone else is even if it can help them, but they don't see, if your program's over here and they're over here, you know, you might have to build that path for them to get there. Exactly. I think. I, I just think of when I, cause you are, you have offered like challenges for marketing and things like that, five day challenges, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I, I sent you a message asking, when is your next one? And your response was, well, what is it that I'm looking for? in marketing or in that and it's like that's exactly you're exemplifying that of finding out what i want what i need you know because you know i mean in your mind it's like well you need this this and this and you could go there or you go well what is it that you need let's have a conversation about this you know tell me about you yeah yeah because i i think similar to how we can all um understand who God is for us, right? Different people, the way we experience the world and life based on our upbringing and just the way we are, we might need different things, right? Like two people can start, even two people who start at the same place may need a different next step to get where they want to go. Exactly. Um, I think that's part of the biggest, one of the most exciting parts, I'll say, opportunities in life is that, you know, there are there are no two paths that work for everyone. And I think, especially like as you start your coaching business and you're going in that direction, sometimes I hear people say, there's a lot of coaches, we don't need more coaches. Right. And then it's also like, you can be in a situation where a coach talks to you or shares an idea and it just does not resonate. It is just that person and you just... You know, you're just two ships in the water and you're not, there's nothing we have for each other. But then Absolutely. there's someone else, someone else can say that same thing. And then you're like, oh, really good idea. 
I wonder how it is. Happens. It is amazing. Yeah. And, but, and to me, it goes into the energy, mm-hmm. the dynamics of the exchange. It's not just the words because the words themselves are a small part. It's everything else. It's the tones, it's the visual cues, it's, you know, facial expressions. Uh, even if we were face to face in person, it's like, if I just touched you on the arm, that's a, that's a powerful communication. Touch is extremely powerful. And it's our first sense that gets developed, you know, as, as infants is touch. So it's like, because we certainly are not able to focus and we don't know what sounds mean, you know, it's like, but certainly we know if a touch is comforting or threatening, you know, and we just kind of, do we move towards it or away from it? That type of thing, so. Interesting, and you mentioned earlier that you were a chiropractor for 40 years. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's, oh. well, I, and when I was a little kid, it was like, I'm gonna be a brain surgeon. That was, you know, cause I didn't know about chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh yes, and, and then I found out about chiropractic. My brother got involved in it and I went and sat in on classes and I thought, oh, I like this a whole lot more than cutting people open and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's because okay. I, I was looking at, there's the natural part to it, the holistic part. Not that we don't, we need all of the different disciplines, but what I looked at was I'd rather enable someone, empower someone with the tools to take care of themselves. And then every so often it's like you get stuck. You know, it's just like coaching. The the whole purpose of coaching is not to be the coach for life, but it's like getting you through this event and giving you the tools then. And then if you need to come back, it's, I look at it like with chiropractic, with coaching, I'm an educator. You know, I, and part of education, my experience, because I've been a teacher in a massage therapy school, is I learn a lot from my students. I learn a lot from my clients that I work with. I learned a lot from my patients because, you know, it's like I thought, well, they need to do this and this and this, you know, in terms of chiropractic. And then they'd be telling me they did this. And it's like, I never even thought of that. I, you know, it's like, but it, and I wasn't threatened by it. It was like, what I did was, oh, wow, I, this is valuable to find out what are people doing on their own to try to, you know, deal with this. And, you know, because there's a wisdom that we all have. And so it's like, and to me, that wisdom is God, the universe speaking through them. And I, because it doesn't have to be spiritual. I don't, you know, it's like, I don't always use the word God because I know that puts us into, sometimes it's like, what was your background? And God is, is this box over here. I like using universe. Um, I, particularly for myself, I love using beloved, you know, because to me, love is the power in this universe. It's what why is there gravity? 
let's love between objects. That's just kind of, you know, but it, it's okay, like, it's I've like, heard it's that one before, object. but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Gravity is just love. Yeah. Uh, it's trying to connect. Um, yeah. We want to connect. It's like the object, the more gravity it has because there's more love there. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's definitely something I've never thought of before, and I, but I do appreciate. I do appreciate that. Um, when you mentioned uh, growing up religious and still being connected to God, and how the twelve-step program was more helpful because it acknowledged a higher power. Um, where are you now in your? How would you define your religious or spiritual journey at this moment? I, <clears throat> I would say I would use the term spiritual. And mm -hmm. that needs to be defined for people because, you know, I mean, some people spiritual is like, woo, woo, woo. And for uh, so for me, it's basically, I strive to my best ability to be connected, to look for connections with others, to feel connected with the universe, to recognize when I'm feeling disconnected because I never cannot be connected. Uh, you cannot, you and I cannot not be connected. Mm. Is that right? It's yeah. like we're always connected, always connected whether we feel it or not. And you know, there's, and that's what I seek is seeing that connection. It's there. It's like we are these incredible beings yet we choose not to necessarily see that or or allow ourselves to be experiencing it and that's that's kind of my mission you know it's not it yes i want it into the gay community because it is so needed mm -hmm. in our community but it's needed everywhere you know i mean it's like in politics it's like oh my gosh you know, it's going it's to change. A lot of it's, us it's, versus them. Yes. And Those it's like, people are not us. Yes. And it's easy to do that in any group, whether it's politics as a country, whether even within your own quote unquote party or your own group or your own letter of the LGBTQ plus community. Yes. Um, yeah. It's it's very easy to think, you know, they are different than us. Um, right. Have that separation there and i guess that's nice yeah. you're able to see that connect see connection as as a spiritual path because um, to me that's a higher level yeah to get to seek as opposed to if i'm looking for differences my perception of that is i'm choosing to be on survival mode because the only reason i need to see difference is there's a threat uh, you know, I mean, or it's not the only reason, but that's a big motivator is, oh, I'm, they threaten me. They're, they must be different. There's something wrong. It's like, that's something that I battle with at times is to not make judgments, to not make someone else wrong because they think differently than me because I'm threatened. They're not threatening. I'm just there's a part of me, I'm, I'm, I'm not threatened, but there's a part of me that feels threatened. And it's like, that's for me to take care of. It's not your responsibility to take care of that. That's very, that's very fair. And, and part of that hit home 
I think growing up the way I did, my default is sometimes to make judgments. Is that safe? Is that cool? Yeah. Is that space safe? Can I go there? Should I do that? Should I not? And it's a lot easy. It's very easy for me to, to not be curious and ask that question, but to ask the question for the reason of judgment or just to be like, nope, that's not me. I need to be in my own lane. Um, so I do appreciate you sharing some of the things that I still am growing through. And, mm -hmm. and as, I th as I think about your life um, or as you think about your life and share, um, when you look back, uh, what might you say is the biggest like challenge that you've overcome personally, professionally, or anything in between? Well, I <clears throat> would say definitely one of the top ones is getting sober. Mm -hmm. That was a big one. And underlying that is seeing the value in myself and, and then finding, connecting with a purpose. And the thing is, purpose and mission, those are terms that are really popular to use. It's all made up. You know, whatever purpose you have, it's made up. I'm not saying it's wrong when I say it's made up, it's just made up. And I, so choose a good one. If, if it's made up, choose a good one, you know, that's gonna benefit not just you, but benefit the world. And, but it's kind of, and then getting into the whole transformational field, you know, working with a lot of people that like with codependency, uh, with little child, inner child stuff, that was all like, you know, right when I was getting into 12 steps. So it's like all of this stuff just burst forth. And we're, that's why they say we're in the information age. And that doesn't refer just to technology. It refers to just like all this stuff that's coming into our brains, you know, or, or being uncovered. That's like, yeah, we're beginning to observe this stuff. And so the first step is awareness. <clears throat> and then for me, I look at it as awareness and then you need to align it with something. Is that, is what you're observing, how, where does it fit into where you're going or how you envision things? And then from there, taking action. So you have to make some type of a judgment, but it's more in terms of deciding in regards to action. Does this move me toward or away from what I value? And if it's moving me away, then perhaps pause and decide, well, what would be a better path to go? And uh, so those are, you know, that whole thing, it begins with awareness. And we, and of what, for one, what do we have power over? I have power over my thoughts, my feelings or emotions and my actions or behaviors. That's it. I don't have control over your thoughts, your feelings, even though we may have grown up hearing that language, like how many times have, have I heard growing up, don't make me mad, 
don't make me angry. Don't make me have to come in there and punish you. You know, it's like, and it, it's, so we, as children, we just assume those are truths. And then we have to realize, but well, that's what my parents learned from their parents, from their parents, from blah, 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 yeah. to infinity, you know? Yeah. It's, and it's, that is the, one of the good things about the amount of information we have today is that we are able to better understand and better have, have better answers uh, to some of those questions. Yeah. Those times, those questions, the answers we got were because the Bible said it, I guess, or because yeah. I said so and I'm your parent, right? So it's like they just didn't have the tools or the information. Um, and then even sometimes I think one of the big challenges today is we have the information, but we have more than the information. <laughs> so it's not just, oh, I know what the right answer is, but I have eight different ways to know the right answer. Mm. And for some of us that can, you know, lead to a whole nother set of challenges of procrastination and how do I choose which is the right one? How do, and being in like a sort of perfectionist tendency. Um, that's amazing. That's amazing. So like, as, as we move now towards you to where you are now, mm -hmm, right? Um, thinking of challenges. Uh, one of the reasons why I started this uh, podcast is to help people see the truth, the, the bigger picture of life. Um, it's easy to see what's on social media. It's easy to see an Instagram reel and assume, oh, this Instagram profile is this person's life. Um, and one of the things we don't always share in on our Instagrams or places are the challenges that we're working through, um, challenges that we've overcome, but especially like, hey, I'm actually, this is something I'm wanting to learn at this moment. This is something that I'm looking for support with. Um, and I think the more we are able to share our real journeys, um, one, there are other people who are experiencing the same thing who think they're the problem, like, oh, I'm the only one doing this. Uh, no one else has ever done um, So in, in that direction, with everything you're working with now and doing, what's like one challenge that you're currently having? We can even just focus it on, let's say your business, let's say the coaching direction. What's one thing you're, like if you, a problem that I wish I had a magic wand and it would just like, bloop, solve hmm. Well, you know, when you first started this, chain of a thought mm -hmm. I immediately went to my relationship with my partner you know because I think the best lab work we have for personal growth is in a relationship I yeah. you know it's like I have not I had not been in a love relationship for a long time and so we've now been together for over three years um, it may even be over four years and we've been living together almost three years and that's it's like I, I had it's a humbling experience I'll tell you and I got you get to see oh my god this is how my parents behaved you know you get those little insights oh wow um, or the or the the fact, oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> For those of us who like to be right, that's a, it's like, damn, 
I, you know, it's like, that's a hard reality. And it's, but it's like, and I'm so grateful that it's there. It's not easy. It's not without pain and someone being hurt. Now, how I look at being hurt is that's my choice. If I get hurt by what he says or he gets hurt by what I say, there's still some responsibility on the other person's part for choosing that. Both are responsible. It's like, but it's like, you don't hurt me because of what you said. You know, you said something, I gave meaning to it. And then I decided, oh, I'm going to be offended by that. So mm -hmm. it's like, how do I break out of that cycle? Well, I can't stop you from saying whatever you say, but I can ask you questions about it. Like, you know, like, for example, were you aware when you said that, that I felt hurt or that I felt unappreciated or, you know, and it's like, trust me, there's an art to asking those questions and I'm still learning about it because there's nothing, I can remember one time with my father, you know, I, it was like, he, he got really upset about something and I, and I tried to use this, you know, like, were you aware that, and man, he just turned to me and says, oh, stop, you know, patronizing me. I mean, he just was angry about it. And then I shut up, I was silent. And in his time, which it took about a half an hour, he said, I'm sorry that I said that, you know? And I mean, that was huge for my father to say something like that. But it was like, I realized, that was his stuff. I just happened to be this sounding board for, for him to take a look at it. And again, it's not, it wasn't my responsibility to change him, but it was what I was responsible for. I didn't need to be hurt by, by his reaction. It's, but it's also having boundaries, right? It's like, we don't let people say whatever they want. We can remove ourselves from the situation but it's like it's such an art i'll tell you relationships it's like just juicy you know i mean it's like oh my god and it's same with business because business if you want your business to be successful you have to have relationships with people especially in mine it's like coaching but it's like it's all about this relationships and communication regardless of what area and if i look at my physical well-being and my health it's my relationship with myself do i care enough to not continue eating sweets or feeling a need to have a dessert and i mean i'm on this thing right now where i don't have desserts for until november 11th i can have a dessert and it's like <gasps> And it's a commitment. It's a commitment. And, you know, the worst is, it's kind of like getting sober. The worst is tomorrow I'll begin again. Mm -hmm. You know, it, when I went to, when I started in 12-step groups, it's like, especially in AA, it's like, how many times did you see people come in through those doors? They call them like revolving doors. You know, it's like in and out, in and out. I did it you know 
I would get 30 days and then I'd go drink. I'd get 60 days, whatever. And, and then it's kind of like you start to get some tools, you get support, you know, for what you're going through. Uh, but it's a process. And for us to learn, well, I mean, for me, I just, what flashes my head is like, be loving, you know, if I, be loving of myself. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean like, I like everything I do. It, it means that, what does, that's a good question. What, how do you answer? How are you loving to yourself? That's really, that's, I was, last year was my year of coaching programs that I was in. Um, and in one of them, you know, I think it was like the productivity coach. And then he was like, yeah, I keep a schedule. And I even wrote down the times I was procrastinating. He was like, yep. And he like, he showed us his schedule and was like, yep. And that time I took a little porn break and I was on porn for like 30 minutes. And then I got back and then I went to sleep early or I did the other thing. And it was just like, it was great. And then he was like, I tell myself that I love myself even when I do the thing that I did not want to do. Right. When he was sharing that, I was like, oh, that's hard. Cause like where I'm coming from or where I've been is sort of this Christian idea of perfectionism. And it's like, no, no, I'm supposed to do the right thing. Dang it, I didn't do that thing. I'm a bad person. I need to be better. I need to do this. Um, instead of being like, and I still love me, right? Like saying those words out loud, um, which is easier to say right now in a conversation than like this morning when I wanted to like go to the gym early and I didn't do it, or I wanted to go grocery shopping and like, ugh, and now my time is different. Um, I think that idea of self-love is still a lesson that I'm learning, um, especially in just in just the everyday life. And not even to mention the relationships with other people. <laughs> um, I, guess, I know, I know, friends, friends family. It's like, family. oh my gosh. Romantic relationships, there are lots of times where it's like, how do I, how do I best show up in this? Um, yeah. How do I say the thing that I really want to say, knowing that I am not going to hurt someone's feelings, but my my words may have an impact, right? And finding that balance of how do I stay true to where I am and myself and my what's going on within, um, and allowing other people to have their experience of the full version of me. Yeah, and that's the place I'm still growing. So much more growth can happen there. So much more. Yeah, and just when you said whether or not you, you're going to hurt someone, you know, by your words, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it's not whether or not the words hurt. It's whether your intention was to hurt them. And that's what I have to look at because I don't have control whether someone else gets hurt by them. But if my intention was to hurt them with my words, it's like, where is that coming from, right? I mean, that's what I need to work on because i that's not who I want to be. And that's not who I truly am. It's like this part masquerading as me, you know, like, I'm right, you're wrong. I need you to know how wrong you are. And it's like, wow, that's not who I really am. Yeah, and I think for me too, part of it is, I make up a story 
that certain words I say are going to hurt someone else. So then I don't say those words. So it's it's not like, oh, because my intention, my so like the hard part is, okay, how do I let this person know that I deeply care about them? Friends, family, romantic relationships or whatever. Yet mm-hmm. at the same time, be honest and open and authentic about here's how I actually feel in this moment. And I think sometimes as you think about, as you shared your experience with your father and I'm thinking about different experiences in my own life, I can see now when I look back, maybe they did not have the words to be able to do to do that balance to say, okay, I want Justin to feel cared for and loved in this moment. And I have a disagreement and I'm gonna share that out loud. And I think there's definitely times where people have not, where I was not able to directly see the care in the way that they said certain things. Um, And I think sometimes for me, I might veer too far on the other side and then say, okay, I definitely don't wanna go in the wrong direction. I definitely don't want someone to feel this negative way how do I balance this sharing myself and keeping that care there? Because, you know, words can hurt. We can experience hurt in words and especially within relationships, you know, if I say something to the person outside on the corner, who cares? If I say something to the person I'm dating, very different. If I say something to my brother, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're different. Um, so I think that's that's one of those challenges that I'm <laughs> currently growing through and um I'm always always trying to grow in that way and I do see some of those challenges yeah well and and what you said in your process is we have to think about it we have to think about it everything begins with a thought so it's like to be mindful to be aware you know I, I that's how I look kind of a catch term right now is mindfulness i just look at it as awareness if when we say be mindful it's like be aware be aware of your thoughts you know and then it's like if you're having that thought like oh i really hate that person it's like wow where's that coming from is that in alignment with who i want to be and really figuring and what can i do you know, and, and, and you may not be able to do, or one, I'll use one. I, I, I try to be mindful about not saying you, and, but to say one, because our subconscious hears that stuff. So when I say, oh, you are angry, it, it's better for me to say when one is angry. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's mine. That's the paradigm I, I want to operate from. But so when one is angry, to be mindful, to be aware of where is that anger coming from? Is it based on a truth or is it based on a lie or a perceived truth that is a lie? Because oftentimes it's like, there is so little that can really hurt us. I I mean, that's what I believe. It's like, yeah, it may physically hurt me, but it's like, I'm the one who like, will just be all bent out of shape because of what somebody said. And it's like, I chose to do that to me. 
you know, I, it's, but th do you realize that's such a high level of mastery to me? It's like, I'm, that's, I'll still be learning that until I die. You know, so that's why I plan to live a long time because it's going to take me a long time, <laughs> a long time to master that one. But it's, it's like, it's, that's why I think we came here to this planet is to learn all this garbage that we've gone through to go, oh, wow, this is not what I want. I, you know, the, you know, it's like, I really want to, I want to be loving. I want to be caring. I want to be able to listen to someone. I want to give value. I want to, I want to feel that when I interact with someone, they're a little bit better. I mean, I know that's kind of blah, 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 fluffy, but it's like, wouldn't that be awesome if everyone, everyone had that idea that every time we interact, we want someone to be at least the same, if not better. You know, that's why I, when I walk down the street, I, I try to make contact with people when I'm, when you're passing by someone, it's like, how many people just, they're, they don't look or they're looking in their phones. And I, it's not that I'm not guilty of that, but it's like, you know, I just, there's so many opportunities and we don't know who's passing us by that might, uh, you know, I mean, we've heard so many stories of how someone just made a difference in someone's life by just saying hi, by just stopping. I, I just, so many missed opportunities. You know? there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot. But it also sounds like you are taking more of those opportunities than the, than the standard. And mm. as you said, like if everyone interacted with everyone else in a way that made the other person help the other person become a little bit better, who knows what world we would live in? I, yeah, I know. Communities I know. change and, you know, further with that. Okay, as we as we come come sort of to the end of this or in the ending direction of this, um, so you mentioned that you're a coach. In the shortest way possible, what would you say would be your 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 strength zone, your your gift zones? So like, I help these. I best help these people with this issue. I. <clears throat> I best help people that I have gone through what they are going through now. For example, that's why working with the gay community, within the gay community to help overcome addictions and move into recovery, that's a strength I have. And it's, it made my life possible because I honestly have to look at I probably would be dead if long time ago, if I had continued, well, definitely my life would be a whole lot worse. And I would have made a lot of other people miserable in the process. As a result of what I did, I know that I got to know my father where he became, oh, I can feel, but like my best friend. You know, and it's like, it didn't occur until, you know, the, the last couple decades of his life. 
and I'm grateful for that, that I was able to have some really loving relationships with partners to help someone, a partner of mine, you know, to go take him home to Mexico City when he was dying from AIDS, you know, to make sure that he was with his family. It's like, that would not have been possible for me to do that kind of stuff. Um, and to not have regrets about that kind of stuff. So, Thank so you. there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And, and it's really, life is, is amazing and grand and expansive. And, yeah. you know, just the idea, because I thought we were talking about recovery and then you're like, but also getting a better relationship with my father, right? Like in my mind, I was like, wait, where did that even come from? Um, and then, you know, being there for your partner, taking him back home to Mexico City. Um, yeah. yeah. Sometimes part of the reason why I started this podcast is for me to, it's a little selfish, um, but no, it's for me to hear other people's stories because yeah. there's just yeah. a lot of life and love and like, I just love hearing people's stories. And sometimes, you know, you get someplace that you didn't even know where you were going to start um, or end, but I'm glad that we're able to do this. And I, and I look forward to, to seeing where your coaching business grows and how some of the lessons you've learned throughout life are all there. Like, I, I yeah. about, well, you know, it's the first sense that we have. And it's like, oh, well, you were a back for 40 years. Of course, that would be something that resonates with you. Yeah. Um, and it makes yeah. so much sense. Um, yeah. And I'd like to offer to any of your listeners uh, an opportunity to have a session with me free, you know, um, because it's a it's a gift you know and it's like there's no guarantees with it it's like but you get to experience one gets to experience it you know and it's about because the work i do is a, it's a spiritual connection not just cognitive um and it's like i get to hear someone else's connection with god or the universe you know their truth and it's like you know, that's, to me, that's a gift to hear someone else's experience of God. So anyway, but I do offer that because it's like, yeah, of course, if we're given this gift, you know, to, to share with the, the world, just as you are, you're in, the, you're bringing, you're making connections, connecting people to other people. That's powerful. That's one of your talents, one of your many talents. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, all right, all right. So I will, we will put that information in the show notes and, and those in the Facebook group will see this in a comment at some point. At the end of this, I have a, a few rapid fire questions. <laughs> so I hope you're ready. Sure, uh, sure. So question one, uh, what is something that inspires you and why? Something that's inspiring me now is dealing with the aches and pains 
in my body, you know, just kind of joint stuff and yeah. like not keeping me back from doing things, but also healing, you know, to regenerate, rejuvenate my body. Okay. Okay. Love, love did not think you would go with pain for the thing that inspires you, but you know, to be still. It's a power, it's the most powerful motivator, I'll tell you. <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense. Or you I should say the avoidance of pain. The avoidance of pain. Okay, okay. Um, and do you have a favorite self-care um routine or thing that you like to do when you wanna, you know, show yourself some love? Do you have any self-care routines? Yeah, one of them is doing the work that I do with myself. And that is just kind of checking what's causing me to think this way or feel this way, and then getting to the truth. And it's kind of like reconnecting, you know, with the universe. So that's, that's a prime one. And then, um, I love rom-coms. <laughs> I love rom-coms. I like happy endings, but they're so formulaic. You know, it's like, oh, you know, they're going to split apart, but then they're going to come back together. Especially if they're, they're gay rom-coms, that's even better. But it's like, well, you know, we're living in a straight world. So it's like, but it's like, I don't care. You know, do, you, like, do you have a, uh, a current recommendation or a recent oh, one that you enjoyed? You know, um, oh. no, I don't. I, I don't want to take time. I, I, I do, I have been watching, is it called Mode? I don't know that it's Mode, but it's, it's, but the people work for this magazine Mode. Oh, wait. It's, I'm that trying to think. Ugly Betty one, or is that oh, like it a is. version Most of Ugly Betty? Yeah, it's a, um, yeah, I just down. started watching Ugly Betty again, you know, okay. so it's like, yeah, that's, I, I, it's fun. <laughs> I like comedy, rom comedies, you know, it's like, yeah. There's a new version, there's a new show um, with a trans star, and I can't think of the name right now, but when it started, it very much reminded me of the Ugly Betty um, situation, and instead of whatever magazine it is kim cattrall she runs like a makeup oh yes i thing. do love that um, and i haven't started i watched like the first oh. 10 minutes and paused it because i was gonna watch it later and then i, I think you'll it. like it i yes i've watched i i'll have a tendency to binge stuff like that because i don't want to wait my partner goes like no then they'll be all over and i go but then there'll be something else we can <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay, cool. It's September now, but do you have a favorite moment of Pride or summer? I don't know what when Pride is celebrated where you are. Normally, we Long Beach was a kickoff in May, for oh, wow. for cent for centuries for decades, and and it was always fun to participate in that. Mm -hmm. um, we just had one in August, but we also had one that was kind of just an awareness thing. And that was really, that was really fun because I got to see a lot of the gay owned businesses there. And uh, it's like being of support, you know, like buying stuff or going to a restaurant that's gay owned. It's like, I love doing that. There's just, 
you know, our dollars using our dollars where it matters. Okay, awesome. Yeah, three other questions that I was gonna ask, but I have to choose the best one. So one, do you have a favorite joke or something you recently laughed at? Uh, well, my cats make me laugh. So it's like they do stuff just all the time. I, that's all I could say. It's just, I, and, you know, on YouTube watching cats and dogs just like do stuff that's just hilarious, you know? They're, they're amazing. And they, uh, yeah. Love, love animals, love animals. Is there a queer change maker, a queer person that you just look up to that inspires you? Oh, well, you know, the person that comes to my mind, um, it's like in in business. Well, I'll, I know one, um, Suzanne Evans. She was a with um, Driven Business okay. School. I did Driven Business School a year and a half or so ago, and I I admire her because she's very open about it. She doesn't flaunt it, you know. But it's like she doesn't hide it. It's just like it's kind of like. I don't have to go up to someone and say, I'm gay. You know, it's like, it's, because mm -hmm. I, I, you know, straight people don't come up to me and go, I'm straight. <laughs> it's like, so, but it's like, she just has done so much and impacted a lot of people. I just, I really admire her for the work that she's still doing. So. That's awesome. I, I fell into one of her challenges last year. Um, and yeah, the same thing, because I was like, I want to find queer entrepreneurs out there doing stuff. And it was like really hard to find. And then I went to one of her things and then I went to one of her live events and then she was talking about her wife and I was like, what, this whole time? <laughs> um, but also I appreciated what, how she taught and what she was doing. But it was also just like, sometimes it's nice to know that there are the queer people out there doing things, um, which is- yeah sub tagline for this podcast queer people doing things um and and I, I i love that i love that um okay and i guess my final question for you is do you have a piece of advice or guiding word of wisdom for those who may listen to this uh lgbtq plus individuals maybe who see some issues in the world um, and want to take action but haven't taken action yet the first thing that came to my mind is get a mentor, get someone that you can follow, especially in whatever it is, action that you want to do, find someone who's done that or is in that arena, get a gay mentor for one. So you know that one, we're not alone. You're not, a, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to the individual, you're not alone. And that's why I make my offer because you're not alone. It's, it's like if someone hadn't taken the time for me when I was, and helped me get sober, if there hadn't been gay AA, it's like, yeah, I would have gotten sober, but it would have been a very different experience. And I, I had this one mentor in AA and he said, if you go to an AA meeting 
it makes it a gay AA meeting because you're there, you know, and it's like, yes, of course, it's a gay meeting because I'm here. It actually like, yeah, I count, I matter, I make a difference. You know, this world is gay because we're here. Hmm. You know, it's a gay world. It is, and, and there are still closets for some. So who knows, you know, you might be the Absolutely. fifth person at that meeting without even, without even knowing it. Yeah, um, yeah you don't have to proclaim it. It's just, it's a gay meeting. But that's, that's awesome, I like that. Find the gay mentor. Um, wow. Well, James, Dr. James, thank you so much for taking the time out to come and Absolutely. be thank part you. of this conversation. Um, also, thank you for being the first one done live in a Facebook group. Yeah. Um, right i feel like there's always things that could go wrong and i hate doing things live just for that reason but you know it's been a good time thank you for sharing your story and your journey and you know what you're doing there's so many so many things you brought up uh that resonate with me and especially just sort of the connection piece right like connection is god is love we're always connected whether or not we can see it um yeah and you know just being there because even with your advice of finding a mentor it's like stay in connection right have that physical yeah. see and experience because it can help you go through and help you go farther so yeah thank you for your wisdom thank you for your offer um i will definitely be putting information in the show notes so people can contact you um thank you uh just one more thing justin you're amazing Thank you so much. I you accept that. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. I accept that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Queer Changemakers Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mezzetin, and I hope that you're able to learn from what you just heard and think of ways that you yourself can also make change in your community for the better. Take care, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.